Please note, this episode contains graphic descriptions of violence, sexual assault of a minor, violence towards a minor, and discussions of mental illness. Listener discretion is advised. In the sleepy town of Medicine Hat, Alberta, Canada, the Richardson family found a community where they could raise their children. Parents Mark and Deborah thought that this was a safe place, but not everything is as it appears to be. Hey, have you heard about the Richardson family murders? Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Hey, Have You Heard About? I am your host, Maddie, and joining me today is my dear friend, Greg. Hi. Yeah. It's me. <laughs> it's a Greg. Um, so, welcome to the 13th, 13th episode. This is our, yes, 13th episode. Wow. wow. Extra um, spooky. I know. Oh, it's Unlucky 13. That it is. Oh, God. What does that mean? Is this an unlucky story? Uh, mm, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> Um, so if you're new here, welcome. How this works is I research a story over the, you know, over a month, and then I get someone who has hopefully never heard of the story before, Greg, and, um, we, I basically just tell the story to them so we get, like, authentic, real reactions, questions, and just interesting stuff, I guess. Um, so it should be a lot of fun. Real quick, I want to mention, we do have a merch store. It's teespring.com slash hey, have you heard about too? That link is going to be in the description. All of the money from the merch store goes straight to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. It's a great organization. I'm very happy that we get to help them um, as much as we do. So there's a lot of cute stuff there. We've got some new shirts from last, uh, last month, October. We've got a lot of cool stuff. We've got, I think, blankets, pillows, shirts, sweatshirts, phone cases, stickers, all that kind of stuff. And we also have a Patreon, and it's super, super cool over there. Uh, If you donate to the Patreon, I think you get the episodes a day early. If you um, donate to a specific tier, you get a handwritten thank you note from me. I'll mail it to you. Uh, And I think the highest tier... I'm pretty sure you get, or for a lot of them, you get um, behind the scenes like access, and I post like pretty much regularly updates, making sure everyone stays informed. So, if you like what you hear, if you want to support the podcast, go ahead and click the link in the description, or go on Patreon and search. Hey, have you heard about? It really is beneficial and helps to keep the show going. Uh, right now, I'm saving up for a new microphone, so maybe the quality will sound better. Um, so yeah, that'd be great if y'all want to donate. Um, what else? I think, I think that's pretty much everything I really needed to talk about in the intro. She's official. I am. I'm trying my best. Oh, (laughs) we also have a Twitter. So if you want to, um, little updates about the podcast, when episodes are coming out, if you want clues as to what the next episode is about, feel free to follow the Twitter. Um, I post as much as I possibly can being a college student. It gets kind of a lot, and things fall on the back burner, but I try my best to keep y'all as updated as possible. So you can follow the Twitter, H-H-Y-H-A podcast. Okay, I think that's it now. Okay, Greg. All right. So we start out every episode with some good news. Okay. To sort of, like, stop the 
that will like, prepare us for what's coming, but also like maybe smile a little bit. Right. Okay. okay. So Greg, you and I are both education majors. We are. We're going to be teachers. We are. Bless our hearts. Our hearts. <laughs> Bless your heart next year when you take adolescent literature. Oh boy. I can't wait. I'm on book 22, I think. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, so we both really care about uh, education and like the state of it and, you know, looking for ways to help children become... I guess, better in school and, Mm -hmm. you know, support schools and such. Well, uh, according to Good News Network, this is posted today. um, There is a London school that transforms poor performance by giving every student a violin. Oh. And it's thanks to Andrew Lloyd Webber, who, if you don't know who that is, he is the mind behind Broadway shows such as Phantom of the Opera, Sunset Boulevard, and cats. <laughs> so Vastly different. He's he's the guy who put cats into the world, and <laughs> you know he's doing good things too. I guess. Right. Um. Absolutely. So this was actually part of a study um, that ended up being very successful. Let me see if I can find the school. Um, it's called Frederick Bremer School. I don't know if I said that right, but it's it's in England. It's in London. Um, and it, I think in 2017, it was uh, performing very poorly. Um, one teacher said that in 2014, like it was, you know, it was not a good school. It was just not running as smoothly. You know, test scores were way down and all that sort of thing. So, Andrew Lloyd Webber came in and he was like, I'm going to give all of these students, you know, violins, cellos, and, oh, I'm sorry. So they were given an option for a violin, a viola, or a flute. And they were all mentored for three years in classical music lessons. Wow. So this started in 2017. And I guess it's coming towards the end of it now. So it started out with being... um, you know, a very low rated school, very, you know, just not well, not doing well performance wise. But uh, soon afterwards, it says the school's Ofsted rating, which is a system of grading school performance throughout the UK was raised to outstanding. So this just goes to show like the progress that can be made when you give students that option of like, you know, classical music training. I think it's been proven that like music studies has helped students with their education and like, yeah. you know, that sort of stuff. So I just thought it was really cool. I thought it was very interesting that Andrew Lloyd Webber was the one that sort of got all this going, yeah. which it, I guess it makes sense since he's a musical dude. Yeah, I think it's cool though. I mean, mm-hmm. just giving them anything to do that yeah. normally you wouldn't have at schools, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I wonder too, um, what the state of extracurriculars was like before he came in. You know? It said, let's see if I can find it. It said that, um, they had little to no like music program or anything like that like they were about to completely cut everything until he stepped in and was like hey let's try this out you know so um it says that he donated um in just in 2017 alone he donated 1.4 million pounds from his own foundation to provide free music lessons to 6,000 kids in the city schools of London. So I think that's really, really cool. Oh, it says here that um, this was a quote from, I'm assuming the head teacher. Um, She said, I went to the school and in many cases, or maybe this was 
Andrew Lloyd. I don't know. It's not it's not listed who it is, but I'm just assuming it's somebody. Somebody yeah. said this. Um, and they said, I went to the school and in many cases, a violin was the first thing that these kids had actually owned. The music literally turned the school around. And within four years, they got their first scholarship to Oxford, Wow, which is really, really cool. Um, definitely, definitely like super cool. And it says later on that um, the Country Music Association in America is doing a similar thing where they've donated a lot of money to schools in Tennessee to like get students uh, music programs sort of going and students more yeah. involved and like they're seeing a boost in that. So the lesson here is just just pay attention to your kids and give them opportunities that'll, you know, help them and benefit them in the long term I think the arts are important yes the arts are so important um so if you want to read that article the link is going to be in the description as well um okay now that's enough good news all right (laughs) Um, so Greg yes I for research for this I do a lot of YouTube watching okay. which is probably not the most reliable sources but I, it's it's entertaining and it's something I can do you know on the go and stuff. So I found this subsection on YouTube and it's very intriguing and I've binge watched all the the episodes of this subsection and it's a it's beauty gurus who also talk about true crime cases as they're doing their makeup. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've heard of people doing this with mukbangs. Uh-huh. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah. But not beauty gurus. Yes. It's so interesting. There's this one girl named Bailey Sarian who I have literally binge watched all her videos. I've learned a lot about how to do my makeup, too, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> which is great. Um, but it's just this whole subsection of the internet that I never thought would mesh together. And then here they are. Um, okay. So that's just super, I mean, like, that's just a fun little thing that I've learned. But a lot of them have talked about this specific case for some reason. And I don't know if it's because this case is very clickbaity. Okay. Like, you can very much, you know, just put the title of it in the, you know, YouTube name, whatever, and people will be like, what? Okay. What? So I don't know. But that's my segue <clears throat> into talking about this. It's It's a crazy case it's very crazy and i was sort of shocked to see all these true crime beauty gurus mm-hmm. talking about it so that was very entertaining for me uh to sit through and watch the uh the videos but so greg have you heard about the richardson family murders i have not you have not okay so this took place in 2006 okay which great year i don't remember it very well i don't think i was born yet i what (laughs) (laughs) i was like i think i was maybe seven or eight yeah (laughs) Yeah. um so this took place in medicine hat alberta canada which it's not real (laughs) i can promise i can pull up a picture right now it's medicine hat alberta canada is a real place in this world oh alberta is the province yes yes okay that's more believable okay good Good, good, good. Okay, so we're going to be talking about the Richardson family. Um, For the most part, they were pretty normal. There was Mark, the father, Deborah, the wife, uh, JR. We're going to be referring to her as JR for legal reasons, which we'll get into later. Um, She was 12 at the time. And then Jacob, who was the youngest, and he was eight. So Mark, Deborah, JR, and Jacob. Uh, They were leading very normal lives, you know, like 
classic i want to say american they're canadian i was gonna say american classic family dynamic you know just like two parents a daughter and a son living their best life they were catholics i believe um so jr went to a very christian school you know she was described as a very normal girl very girly liked pink you know loved life had a lot of friends did really good in school Um, Jacob, you know, was an eight-year-old boy, so he got into a lot of things and, like, but nothing bad. Like, you know, normal, normal, normal stuff. So he was, like, our age then? Oh, my gosh, yes. Okay, yes. Yeah. That's so weird to think about. Yes. Um, so, like, he was just a normal little boy, just having fun, living his best life and stuff. So, Mark and Deborah, you know, JR is 12 years old. She's getting older. She's turning into a teenager, as you do. As you do. You know, as you do. At 12. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, they started to notice that some some things about JR began to change, and not just necessarily like puberty things, but like personality-wise. And okay. this is, again, was 2006. So this was peak, like, MySpace you yes. know, scene sort of phase that yes. everybody was going through. I, was MCR, MCR was popular then? I'm I pretty sure. So. I think so. I remember, yeah. They've always kind of been there for me because, you know, mm-hmm. I'm so young, but. Yeah. And now they're coming back. Okay. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I actually mm-hmm. saw that. I'm so excited for that. Yeah. Um, but she was moving into this phase of like, you know, she would start to wear darker clothes. She did her makeup darker. You know, she started listening mm-hmm. to more like punk rock music. She's basically becoming like a, a scene emo kid. Okay. You know? We've all been there. We all have. Yeah. What a phase that was. Was. Uh, is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. Is. Um, so she started to become, you know, goth is how she described herself. Okay. Uh not only that, but she also at this time became very active in goth, quote unquote, online communities. Okay. So that meant, you know, on MySpace, she would just sort of get with that crowd and she'd relate a lot to them. And that meant that she began to sort of push her old friends, the girly girls, the happy, mm-hmm. you know, the preps, yeah. if you want to call them that. Well, I think that's what they were at the time. <laughs> oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she sort of started to move away from that kind of friendship. Um, around this time, her personality also became a lot darker. So, like, she got into a few fights at school, which, Uh-oh. being at a Catholic Christian school, that's a big no-no. Yeah, that's wild. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Catholic. Yeah, I think so. Um, so she got into a lot of fights. She would argue constantly, constantly with... Um, her parents, you know, it was all this stuff. She was basically, you know, just becoming like a rebellious teenager. You yeah. know, we we were all there at yeah. one point. Um, some of us are still there. You know, that's just how it goes. Don't attack me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, so she started to get in a lot more into trouble. Like her parents would ground her more often. The school eventually was like, hey, something's happening. You know, might want to. I want to keep an eye on her and they were like yeah like we understand but also this is just a phase you know yeah. like but at the same time you know Mark and Deborah were doing everything they thought they could do to like you know accommodate and help her out and like you know again they were like oh you, you know this is just a phase but they did everything right in this situation like they would punish her but not 
enough to where she would just like, you know, it would ruin her life and all this stuff. So they were being really good parents, you know, handling it well, I think. Um, Like I said, J.R. started to make a lot of friends in the goth community, the goth lifestyle. And one day they invited her to a punk rock show. And that's where she met, and I'm probably going to say his last name wrong, uh, Jeremy Steinke. Okay. So she met this guy at this punk rock show. Uh, Keep in mind that she's 12 years old. Uh, Jeremy was 23. Ah. Yes. Hmm. That is an ah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. So Jeremy was 23 years old, and it was almost, uh, sources said it was almost like an instant connection between the two. So, like, instantly they were like, whoa, you seem pretty cool. Let's hang out more often, which is extremely creepy. Now, hold on. Uh-huh. Did she just go to this show by herself? No, she went with friends, I think. I will. Okay, hold okay. on. So, like, I saw some sources said that she went with friends, and some sources said that she went by herself. But, like, I could not imagine you know, going by myself to a punk rock concert, right. you know? At 12 years old? At 12 years old. Yeah. You know? Like, it's one thing to leave the house and sort of just be like, I'm going to go visit a friend and then go by yourself somewhere, but not yeah. to a concert, you know? Right. Like, that that seems so, like, lame and boring to me. So, like, I would assume <laughs> that she would go with friends or that she did go with friends, you know? Yeah. Um, so, Jeremy, let's talk about this. I'm scared, too. This boy. Um, Man. This man, that's right, this yeah. man. Um, so he was unemployed at the time. He was a high school dropout. He was from a bad neighborhood, and he was full-blown goth. So he had, like, the eyeliner, um, the black clothes, pale skin, okay. all of the above. Spiky accessories. Yes, yes. yes. Um, another thing unique to Jeremy and what partially was the reason jr became so infatuated with him and this is this is the clickbait title that everyone used um he also wore a vial of what he claimed was blood around his neck okay (laughs) and and he would he would tell jr like when they started to hang out and text and stuff they exchanged numbers and such um he would claim that he would use the blood in order to survive and that he needed blood in order to, like, live. Which is true, but he meant, like, drink blood. Okay. Okay, so this sounds like a vampire, right? It does, very much. Well, he's not a vampire. He claimed to be a 300-year-old werewolf. Okay. (laughs) So what are your thoughts? Um, you know... I don't know. I've never met a goth werewolf, you know? <laughs> never heard of that. I guess he's defying the stereotype. I guess so. Mm-hmm. You know, doing it for... No, I'm not going to know. hmm Okay. So a 23-year-old man yes. is a 300-year-old vampire. No, nope. werewolf. 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 Mm-hmm. Vampire. Yeah. But, you know. hmm Basically a vampire. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is the... This is the kind of personality we're dealing with here. And, like, this is not to say, like... Obviously, Jeremy had some mental health issues, right? So, like, oh, obviously, yes. <laughs> so, this isn't to make fun of him or anything. This is just, like, the situation as it was, was that he went around claiming to be a 300-year-old you know, werewolf and just, that was talking how... Talking to 12-year-old girls. Talking to 12-year-old girls. Oh, gosh. 
Um, and he needs blood to survive. And he needs blood to survive, yes. This is not going to be a fun story. No, it's not. <laughs> okay, so one thing also at this time, I did mention that JR's old friends started to like not hang out with her as much, and that's because that she would constantly go out of her way to scare them. And it's because she later claimed that she enjoyed scaring and terrifying her friends, which is already... A red flag, in my opinion, like if just, you have... Like, just... Jump scaring them? Well, or? that, and then also saying things. Like, we'll get to her interests and stuff, what okay. she claimed she was interested in later on. Um, actually, right now. Okay. So, uh, we've got JR and Jeremy. You know, the big story is that they met at a punk rock concert. But there's a few sources that said that they also might have met online beforehand. Okay. Um, and this is where the, you know, she went by herself theory kind of makes sense. Because if they had met online beforehand and made plans to meet at the concert, then I could imagine that she went right. by herself. But, you know, again, I'm not 100% sure. Um, they both were active on a website called VampireFreaks.com. Um, I think it's still active to this day, or it was just recently taken down because... This is not the only case that it's had connected to it where it's not ended well for certain parties. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a it's a website that existed in the world. Oh, gosh. Um, so it was targeted towards goths and people who claim to be of that lifestyle, you know, such as 300 year old werewolves. Um, yeah. How did he get in there as a werewolf? I know. He's not a vampire, so like... Yeah, deceitful. Hmm, I guess so. Um, so, JR and Jeremy were extremely active on this website. They posted almost every single day. Um, wow. And some of the is interests that JR listed on the website were things such as guitars, loud music, piercings, uh, scarification, tattoos... Uh, safety pins, unnatural hair colors, eyeliner, uh, pinstripes, plastic spoons, Japanese fans. <laughs> uh, let's see. One of these things is not like the other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, dark poetry, anime, uh, hatchets, serial killers, fire. Uh, and some of this language is going to be a little bit bad, by the way, if you if bad, like, you know, our language is not good for you. Uh, bitch boots. I don't know what those are. I don't know what that I is I have either. no idea what that is. Maybe it's connected to the werewolf. Um, I, I guess so. Uh, let's see. Alice in Wonderland, Tim Burton, bow ties, toy guns, capes, uh, oddly colored contacts, fake eyelashes, duct tape, lions, human anatomy, wings, reiki, tarot cards, uh, kinky shit. Uh-huh. And, um, Yep. Wow, she really was an internet goth. <laughs> she, wasn't she really was. Um, some of her intro. Oh, she identified as uh, bisexual, and she claimed that her religion is Wiccan, and she's also a Libra. So I'm also a Libra. Me too. <laughs> when was her birthday? <laughs> uh, when was her birthday? I don't know, but it's kind of like ooh, I don't know. Yeah, it's wild. Um, some of her he- her heroes originally it was stuff like her mom, dad, all this stuff, but she changed it to Jeffrey Dahmer, Chris Angel, oh, no. Marilyn Manson, oh, wow. and Batman. Which Batman just kind of lumped in there with everyone else, but that is like peak internet goth. Like. Yes, it truly is. Like she was fully into this community. Yeah, like one hundred percent. So that's just kind of the a taste of 
JR's interests at the time. She also listed herself as insane. So again, that makes me think of like, okay, so we're going off on a tangent. You know creepypastas? Yes. Okay. You know, like back in the day, there was like Jeff the Killer and all his like little fangirls? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So like I used to be heavily involved with the creepypasta community, like just because I like to read scary stories and stuff. Yeah. And like 95% of the stories were like fan fictions between Jeff the Killer and an OC that was always described as like insane, okay. you know? So this is kind of what I was picturing when I was researching the uh, JR, just yeah. like, which is terrible to say. It really is. But like, you know, this, this was what I had in my mind was just like this, you know, 12 year old goth chick with like, you know, dark hair, really, you know, dark eyeliner, just walking around telling people like I'm insane, you know. Yeah. It's like that uh, those shirts that were really popular a few years ago, like normal people scare me. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could totally see her Whenever wearing. Whenever goth yes. to trickle into pop culture. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. With um, I guess it was American Horror Story that sort of brought that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. So this is what I'm picturing her as, um, around this time. She would have loved American Horror Story. Hotel, she really would have. She really would have. Um, so. In addition, Jeremy also had, you know, a bunch of the same stuff uh, listed in his interests uh, bio, including kinky shit. So that's a big oof, truly. So around this time, you know, her parents were like, JR's getting kind of funky. She's, you know, saying that she's going over to her friend's place and they never say that she's there. You know, it's, it's getting real suspicious, yeah. you know, as Bailey Sarian would say, so it's getting suspicious. No. <laughs> Get a little sus. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So they don't know about Jeremy at all. No, they don't. Okay. Mm-mm. I would hope not. No, no, no. Well, so this is around the time when she, they finally, you know, good parents. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. It was 2006. You know, parents didn't know how to use social media. Oh, yeah. You know, so like they they didn't. That's probably why they didn't do this earlier. But they did finally check her MySpace and social media. And she noticed or they noticed that she had been interacting with this Jeremy character a lot. So that's when they sort of started to put two and two together and being like, okay, our 12 year old is interacting with a 23 year old man. Yeah. Let's pump the brakes. Let's okay. hold on. Let's pause. So they said, if you don't stop seeing Jeremy, we're going to have an issue. And then they grounded her. So they were basically like, they were being good parents, responsible. They were yes. like, "You, we, this is insane. Even though you claim to be insane, this is actually insane. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, you're seeing a 23-year-old man, and that's not good. Yes. You know? And she's like but I love him. And they're like, no, this is not what love is, you know? Um, So they, they did the responsible thing and they grounded her and forbid her from seeing Jeremy. And I think the big problem came when they didn't take away her electronics at the same time. So she was still able to contact Jeremy through vampirefreaks.com and through MySpace and through, I think just texting or they might've, they might've stopped her texting. They might be regulating her texts, but I know she was still able to contact him through some website Okay, for sure. Um, so at this point she started to act out even more. She started to become more like aggressive at school, you know, all this stuff. And, you know, just, just overall just becoming even more, horrible as a person pretty much um 
You with me so far? Got any questions? Oh, I'm with you. Okay. I'm just waiting for the punchline. Okay, well, here it comes. Oh, God. So JR was the one that brought this plan up in the first place. And I want to make that very clear. Um, based on, you know, records of the messages they sent between each other, it was JR that initially brought this idea forward. Um, Actually, hold on. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they find her like that she's talking to Jeremy. Yes. Through MySpace and the and Vampire the internet, Freaks, yeah. Right? Okay. So they don't take that away from her. Yes. Or did they take it away from her? She snuck into it. That's what I'm confused about. It doesn't make any I, sense to me. I think what happened was they, they probably like and it was sort of unclear, so I was a bit confused too at the time and yeah. the sources didn't really go into it. But I would think, you know, they probably like once they took away her phone and they grounded her, they would think, like, oh, this is done. But, you know, there's still, like, public library computers. There's still, like, oh, you know, school yeah. computers and stuff at the time. Okay. So, like, if if I were in JR's situation and I was infatuated with this dude and my parents took away my privileges and stuff, I would probably, like, go out of my way to, yeah. you know, get to that I source, about that. you know? I don't. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe she was still allowed internet access for like school work yeah. or classes and stuff, and she, you know, abused that privilege, or maybe she went to outside sources. Like, I have no idea. Yeah, honestly. Crazy, yeah. I mean, the point is, like, she was still able to contact him. Unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. Um, and she devised a plan. They. She. Yes. Yeah, she devised the plan. She was the one that brought it forward. Um, so this is all in the records that they have between of the messages between them so this is a direct quote um she said i have this plan it begins with me killing them and ends with me living with you oh wow mm-hmm. she really just put it out there she really did um and let me talk about the the plan they had initially before they got caught like what their idea was once jr was legal Okay. Um, they originally had a plan that they were going to have a goth wedding together and they were going to move to a castle in Europe and live out the rest of their days. So when she was like 18? Yes. That was the plan? Yes. But she's still 12? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, or you would hope they were going to wait until she was 18, but okay. you know, uh, they don't seem like the most logical people in the world. No, yeah. Um, so this is a plan that she's referencing is like, ends with me living with you in our castle in Europe, you know? So Jeremy's response went a little something like this. This, again, is a direct quote. Also, it has explicit language. I'm sorry. Um, or no, not this one. There's another quote. Oh, wait, yes, there is. Never mind. Explicit language. <laughs> he said, their throats I want to slit. They will regret the shit they have done. Finally, there shall be silence. Their blood shall be my payment. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. So we can kind of see where this is going. We can. Yes. It's a very big red flag. Oh, God. Um, yeah. So so she, JR, expressed very clearly how she absolutely hated her family and she did not want anything to do with them at this point. She wanted to just be with Jeremy. That is the only thought yeah. process that she had. Okay. So April 23rd, 2006. Uh, that night... Deborah, the mother, she started to hear some noises. So she was like, hmm, let me go investigate. Which, Deborah, 
if I, I mean, every time I hear spooky noises in my house, I at least grab like something so I can hit Call somebody, you know? Yeah. But like, you know, something to defend yourself. I don't think Deborah, you know, Medicine Hat was a very nice place to live at the time. Yeah. Um, so I don't think she really thought that anything bad might be happening. You know, she might think, oh, it's like a cat or a dog outside or something. Unfortunately, it was not. Um, she, when she went to go investigate, she met Jeremy, who was standing in the hallway or in her house with a mask on and oh holding a God. knife, and he stabbed her 12 times. Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, so, honestly, like, this, this whole case really reminds me of the Gypsy Rose case. Have you heard of that one? I have not. Okay, so it's it's basically like Gypsy Rose. Uh, this happened a few years ago, actually, and it's like blown up within the past few years. Gypsy Rose was a girl who lived with her mother because her mother told everyone that she had like a really bad sickness. She told her everyone that she had cancer and all this stuff. She was in a oh, wheelchair. Yes, I yes. Know you're talking and Gypsy about. Rose met a boy online and convinced him to come and you know, kill her mother because she was not actually sick. She was just, her mother was just pretending she yeah. had Munchkin's Munchkin Munchausen by proxy, something like that. Um, but yeah, so like this case very much reminds me of that for sure. Just minus all the, you know, child abuse from parents. Yeah. Um, so Jeremy stabbed Deborah at least 12 times with a knife. And at that point, Mark, comes down because he hears, you know, Deborah is hollering uh, for help. And he he and Jeremy get into a fight. He punches Jeremy in the eye at one point. So he gets a black eye. And Mark is just, like, going at it. And he, like, had a screwdriver. He was, like, trying to stab Jeremy, get the knife away from him, all that. And unfortunately, Jeremy got the upper hand, and Mark was stabbed 24 times. Oh, my God. So when it comes to, like, this kind of uh, brutality you know, that's overkill pretty yeah. much. So you can tell that he was very, very much enraged by yeah. the parents, which is awful because they were just trying to do their best and protect right. their daughter. But instead yeah. we got crazy people in town. Oh um, so this, this is when it gets a little bit and I'm, I'm going to try to not be too graphic, but this is the part that really made me angry personally. Um, so Jr. Uh, was pretending to sleep while all this was happening until she heard her brother wake up and start screaming because, of course, all this noise is happening and he doesn't know what's going on. So she ran in and covered his ears. Um, So Jeremy came upstairs and met her in her brother's room. And Jr. at that point, decided that Jacob was going to have to go as well because she said that uh, he wouldn't have anyone anyway. Like, she wasn't going to take care of him. So it would be better to just let him, you know, die along with her parents. Oh, my God. It's a heavy case. Um, happy November, everyone. Thanksgiving. Um, so JR actually was the one to stab her little brother uh, five times, they said. And in addition, she also uh, cut his throat in order to make sure that he was for sure dead. Um so this, I mean, like, there's one thing to just, like, you know, be upset with your family and all this stuff, but then there's another thing like this. Like, this is rough. Yeah. It's it's a lot to take in. Um, and it websites shouldn't, really got into our head. Yeah, it really did. Um, it shouldn't have happened, 
definitely. But, you know, I think, I think personally, I think JR was also dealing with some mental issues, like mental health issues. Um, Because like, there's one thing to be involved with the, you know, goth scene and be interested in like, you know, stuff like serial killers and like, creepy stuff and such and then there's another thing to actually go out and do that kind of thing especially right. at 12 years old you yeah. know um and so like my question too is like mm-hmm. over what period of time did this happen so um i want to say that jr and jeremy had been talking for at least like a few months at this point so i mean just a few months for them to sort of come up with this plan and once she was grounded the plan became a lot more i mean it it, it became what it was, you know, yeah. there was no need for them to kill her family initially. But once they were like, Oh, like we don't want you to see each other again. Cause he's 23 years old. Yes. Um, that's when they were like, okay, so we have to do this now because there's no other way we're going to be together, you know? And again, <laughs> Jr is the one who brought this forward. This 12 year old girl. I want you all to keep that in mind. So you can be just as enraged as I am later on. So, like, that, that, I mean, uh, I, I can't say words, you know? Yeah. That's how much this case is just, like, it's crazy, you know? Yeah. Like, it's insane. Um, so, finally, after uh, they killed Jacob, JR and Jeremy decided, okay, let's get out of here. So, they, they left, and they went to one of Jeremy's friend's places, and they uh, started to party as if they had done nothing wrong, <laughs> They, you know, I think they got drunk, they got high, you know, they did all the, all the, all the fun stuff you would do at a party yeah. as if they had done absolutely nothing wrong, you know? Okay. So that shows you how, how they are like, you know, as people, I think for sure is that they, they didn't feel remorse for it. Basically. They, and she just left all her stuff at home. I mean, she like... packed a few things, but she just like left the majority at home because they, she wanted to start a brand new life with them, you know? She, they were planning on changing their names and everything, you know? So it was just like, let's just go. Um, okay. So the next day, um, a neighbor who was a little boy that wanted to play with Jacob uh, came up to the door and saw a bunch of blood. And he was like, oh, let me go tell my parents. So he went and told his parents. Did he like walk inside? or was no, he- no, 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 no. He just like looked through the door and saw that there was blood. Oh. And no one came to answer the door. So like, like a window in the door? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So he came and he was like, hey, I think the neighbors, something happened. And so the his parents were like, oh, dang, and called the police. And so that's when they finally got involved, you know, a little less than, I want to say like maybe less than like six hours later, the wow. police are involved, which is great. You know, that's how we want it to go. Yeah. Um. So they started investigating. They saw... Deborah, Mike, and Jacob, but no JR. And they were like, where's JR? What is going on? Like, was she kidnapped? Was she taken by the guy that did this? What's happening? Yeah. So they got permission to go through JR's locker to see if there were any clues about where she might have been. And that's when they found a stick figure drawing that JR had done of her and Jeremy lighting her house on fire and running away going, mwahahahaha. Huh. Huh. Okay. So imagine you're a policeman and you are looking for this 12-year-old girl that you think has gone missing and you're the unfortunate one to just open the locker and see the stick figure drawing. I wouldn't know what to do. I would be like, uh, hmm. 
Okay. Well, not everything you see or not something you see every day. Yeah. No, it's uh, yeah. And you can find the stick figure drawing online, by the way. Yeah. It's, 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 this just, to me, this just seems like such like a quick, like flip, like something had to have been wrong mm -hmm. with her beforehand. Right. Right. You can't, I feel like mm -hmm. you have to have some kind of inherent. Oh yeah. Like, evilness, mm -hmm. you know, to be able to just that quick decide I'm going to kill my whole family. Right. I mean like, and this doesn't even sound like panic. No, like this was it was planned out. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, unfortunately, there's not a lot about Jr. online, which we'll get into why later on. Um, to know if she like, if there's any you know mental illness related things in her. I know her parents did do drugs at one point, and but they had been clean for a long time mm -hmm. uh, by the time this story happened. So I don't know. I mean, I just don't know. There's not a lot yeah. of information about her out there. But I do agree. I mean, it feels like very quick. I feel like, yeah, normally you wouldn't want to say like a switch just flipped and that's what made their personality change. But it right. does very much feel like that's what happened here yeah. is that she just became so upset. She was like, this is all we have to do. This is the only which that might even be, you know, the fact that she was so immature. Yeah, that's true. You know, like that might have been. The situation where she was, I mean, 12 years old, not even a teenager yet. And she was like, this is the only option that I see. So we have to do it, you know. Yeah. And Jeremy, I guess I'll go ahead and talk about Jeremy a little bit. Um, he, let's see. So a lot of people say that Jeremy wasn't too much at fault when it came to this because it was very much JR, the one that came up with the plan and such. But again, he was the one that sort of followed through. Yeah. And he was a 23-year-old talking to a 12-year-old, which is a problem in of itself. And murdered her whole family. Yes, and murdered her whole family. Um, so he, he uh, came from a very abusive upbringing, which is not to say like everybody from an abusive upbringing is going to become a, a murderer. You know, yeah. that's just something that a that lot of people point. Excuse. It's also not an excuse. That's true. But that's something a lot of people point towards as to why he shouldn't have, you know, gotten into as much trouble as he did later on when they got tried. Mm -hmm. um, he also had supposedly had severe fetal alcohol syndrome, Ooh. which is known to like impair the judgment of the people who have it. They sometimes act a little bit younger than they normally would you know right. they aren't as developed mentally as they should be at the age of 23 for jeremy so a lot of people say that this is why he acted the way that he did and wasn't like pause maybe we shouldn't kill your family you know yeah so that's like what a lot of people point towards as to why like he shouldn't be as much at fault because again it was jr's idea he just went through with it but also at the same time he did he was the one that like stabbed her mom and dad you know yeah it's like blurry um i mean i think they should both be punished personally but we'll get into that i promise oh gosh um okay. so they found the stick figure drawing and that's when jr went from a missing person to a suspect in the case uh within just a few hours after that they actually found um jr and jeremy they had driven 100 miles away trying to escape, along with some of Jeremy's friends. They were just hanging out. Um, they were joking around when they were found. They were very non-apologetic. Jeremy was showing off his black eye that JR's dad had given him, just kind of like, 
Ooh. Found by the police? Yeah, they were found by the police. And he said that to the police? Yes. Okay. Yes. You know, maybe mm-hmm. they should just put him in jail right then. Yeah, you would. No, I, I mean, I think that's what they did. They were just like. Yeah, that sounds like the best thing to do. Let's do this. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, isn't it hard? Like, oh, gosh, these people. Um, so they were immediately arrested and placed into jail for their murder, for three counts of uh, murder. Okay. Um, they would exchange letters in jail. And this part, I don't know, maybe it's because, like, I don't, I couldn't process my emotions when I was, like, researching and listening to people tell the story Mm -hmm. this part made me just like lose it because like the let me explain okay Okay. so they would exchange letters in jail and the letters were used as evidence later on during their trial um they would exchange letters and in them jr in particular said that they were going to be legends and immortal because of what they had done so she would this is a quote from a letter that she had written let me see i'll try my best to read it her handwriting is oof yeah but it says never has a person affected me so much always will there be something missing without you with me my lawyer tells me we're legends he what something something um Closer to immortality, it would seem. Monday, I'm going to be moved to, um, like, a different prison. I need to stay in contact with you. Um, so that's that's kind of what they would write uh, to each other. It's just like, we're legends. We're great. You know, people are always going to remember us for this, which they're right. Yeah. But you don't need to say they're it. Immortal. Yes, I guess so. I mean, if you're a 300-year-old vampire or werewolf already kind of immortal i guess yeah that's um tea. <laughs> that's tea um so it was at this time i don't i'm so mad that i don't have the exact letter for this one um so you're just gonna have to rely on my quotes but i said um it's at this time when jeremy was like i've put you on my visitor list so if you do get out and i don't you'll be able to visit me and then he said like basically um if you want to marry me, just say yes. It'll be legal since it's in writing. And then she responded in her next letter. And this is what got me. She said, um, yes, I would absolutely love to marry you. The world really is against us. Rar. Oh, God. Rar. You know, like, rar XD. Oh, I, yeah. Well, yes. we know. Yes. Yes. Um, so they say rar instead of I do. I guess so. They yeah, so they would say rar in their goth wedding. They'd say rar yeah. together. You know, that's just how it that's is. That's how my wedding's gonna be officiated. Okay, perfect. Sorry, I should not be comparing myself to a serial killer. No, a serial killer, murderer. Just a murderer. Yeah, yeah, just a murderer. Yeah, just a just murderer. A plain old murderer. Yeah. yeah. Um. So June two thousand seven, Jr.'s trial begins, and she says her her claim is that she just loved Jeremy so much, uh, she thought it was going to bring them closer together, the whole murder. Which, again, no remorse at all, ever. Um, So she claimed that all the messages between them had been hypothetical discussion on how to kill her family. She was like, I I didn't actually say kill my family. It was just all hypothetical, you know? Which... That's not how this game works. It's not how it works. No. No, not at all. You killed your family. Yes. Uh, She also said that originally the plan had been to make it look like a murder-suicide, like 
Mike had lost it and had killed his family and then killed himself, basically. Um, she claimed that she was at home when Jeremy broke in and started to kill his fa- her family and that he yelled at her to kill her brother and she was so afraid of him that she had to do it. She said that she had stabbed her brother, but not very hard. That's a direct quote. Not very hard. How do no. you how do you do that? That's my question. How do you do you that? You still stabbed him uh-huh. five times. Uh-huh. I mean, you cut his throat. Yes. So I'm like. Well, she didn't do it very hard, I guess. So it's oh, fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. She was just playing around. Okay. Here's here's what makes, here's the part that made me, ooh, I had to pause a few days after I read this. Yeah. Okay. So she pled not guilty, first of all. The jury was like. No, no. Yeah. No, no. So they found her guilty on all accounts, all three murders. Okay. You know, they found her guilty July 10th of 2007. I think she was four, 13 at the time. 13. Oh my God. So this happened in April of 2006. Yes. And then she was found guilty in July, July 2007. So she is 13 at this point. Oh my God. So there is a law in Canada called the Youth Criminal Justice Act. Okay. Which states that if if a child is under the age of 14 at the time when the crime is committed, they only get 10 years of prison time, no matter what the crime. That's not a good law. No. No. Okay. So JR was sentenced to 10 years, even though she was found guilty of all three murders. So she's out of prison now. She is out of prison now. That is crazy. Yes. Has she... Crime since? Uh, we don't know. She has pretty much disappeared off the grid. But what's interesting is I think she was released in, I want to say, okay, so so here's the numbers. I'm not good at numbers, but here's what happened. So she got credit for the 18 months she had already served in prison. She sent, She spent four of those years in a psychiatric facility, and the rest of her time she spent out in the community on conditional supervision, which meant that she was constantly supervised by police officers and people just to make sure she was safe enough to be out in the world. So she technically has been out, I think she got out of prison, quote unquote, in 2015, I want to say. Wow. 2000, yeah, something like that. So she's technically been out, you know, several years before that. But she's she's out and about now. She's And the reason why I call her JR, obviously that's not her real name. Um, when I was researching this case, I found... A lot of places that said it would be um, illegal and immoral to mention her name, and I didn't want to get into like legal trouble. Yeah. So her first name starts with a J. Richardson starts with an R. A lot of sources would just call her JR. So if you want to find her real name, it's out in the world. You can, but you know, I just I yeah. don't want to get sued. So here we are. So JR is what we're going with. Um, but yes, JR is out in the world, living her best life. Huh. She got out at age 23, just the same age that Jeremy was when he killed her family. Okay. Which is interesting. So now what happened to Jeremy? So Jeremy, uh, his trial was December of 2008, and he was found guilty. Uh, what? What the heck? I know. I know. It's just, the, it's just how prison works, I guess. Um, so he was found guilty on all counts, and he was actually sentenced to three life sentences. Okay. So he got what he deserved, I think. Um, What they both deserved, truly. So, yes. So, uh, JR was released in 2015. There's no word on if she and Jeremy 
got married, if she still visits him. Like, literally, she's just dropped off the grid. She actually did attend college, though, while she was still in prison. So she's out there with a degree. Um, And I think she got full scholarship as well, I read somewhere, which is unfair as all get out. This is like, this is a very gray area. Yes. Yeah. Like, okay. But let me, let me I just, I want to know what her like college essay looked like. Admissions <laughs> essay looked like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because what do you have to talk about whenever you kill your whole family when you're I, 12? I have no and idea. And then you're in a psychiatric ward mm-hmm. and you just apply to college. I, I don't know. Just I, don't, for, I have sure. no idea. I did found this Reddit post though, that was like this guy and he was like, so I think. JR goes to my college like I've seen her on campus and it's like it's like what do you do in that situation like she she literally was the the youngest uh girl to ever be charged with you know murder in Canada and she like it's just I mean what do you do if you see her you know like I, I wouldn't know what to do I just run away I guess so I'd just be like what what is going on um, so yeah, she, girly has got a degree, she is out, living her best life, and cherry on top. If she, okay, so she got out in 2015. Okay. We're coming up on five years of yes. her being out. If she is out of prison for five years without any issues, her entire record will be expunged. Oh my god. Which means, for those of you at home, if she doesn't get into any legal trouble for those five years, she, like, her entire criminal record will be thrown out and she will be considered, like, a free, innocent civilian for the rest of her life, unless she does something else bad. But that means that she won't have any, like... I mean, she'll have a clean record. Yeah. Which is just... I, You know? It's just... I don't know words... It's frustrating. It's a little bit frustrating. It's also just, like, astounding. I'm yes. just like, okay. I Canada, what is going on up there? Like, I know we're pretty bad down here, but come on. You know? You'd think there'd be other rules in place, but nope. Have they? Has Canada changed any law since then? Did nope. You... I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to call Canada real fast. Give me just a second. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, Canada. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. <laughs> And that's 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 what baffles me about this whole case is that you know, it's just like we have kids in a, in the U.S. that do nothing and they get prison for years and years and years. But then you've got girly up here who's just like, I killed my whole family and slit my brother's throat, and she's like, ten years college degree, let's I'm just, go, lady. Laughing about the college admissions essay because literally, <laughs> what does she have to write about? She overcame great struggles i really want to see her college admission i know essays. i it makes me like do they do college admission essays up in canada canada answer me <laughs> help me out i'm very confused Comment below. <laughs> i'm very confused um so Sweet yeah God. she just like she got out scot-free pretty much yeah it seems like i mean a little to no punishment truly um like i said there's no word on if jeremy is still in prison by the way he did change okay. his name but he's still in prison and i think he'll be up for appeal in a few years so he'll be able to possibly get out of jail what do you appeal i don't i don't know <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> i can't tell you like you killed a family Here's an orange you can peel that <laughs> i mean oh good lord like i mean i don't know there's a chance that he could get out as well if they think he's okay enough to which i think is crazy but i honestly like if i were on that you know panel i would be like no hard no no yeah. No. 
No, sir. Um, so he'll, he'll be up for appeal in a few years. Um, like I said, there's no word on if they're a couple. There's no word on if they were actually, you know, they were engaged technically, but there's no word on if they, you know, got married or anything. Okay, so that is the story of the Richardson family murders. Thoughts? What the heck? I know. <laughs> dumb. I know. I mean, I don't know. It just, I know like laws are laws or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's also like, how can, how can you sit there and read this story and then let her into college, let her out into prison, mm-hmm. let her just do this? And it, it's, it's very complicated for me because I know that other I guess, like, societies, cultures, mm-hmm. and countries, you know, yeah. have different um, mindsets about how to deal with uh, crime like that. Mm-hmm. Because, I, yeah, it just, but still, it just, no. I feel like there ha- there should be exceptions. Yes, I agree. Because this is, like, what's the word premeditated? Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, fully. It's... Yeah, they have evidence that it was. Yeah. They have evidence that they didn't have any remorse about it. Yeah. And maybe, like, this is something that I'll credit her, Bailey Sarian, my queen. Um, she like made it a point to be like, now I don't know if Jr. has apologized. There's no record of her apologizing. Maybe she did later on, you know, all that stuff. I, I just, I, there's no way we can know for sure if she's actually like remorseful about it. You know, if she's learned to be remorseful over the years. I will say though, Canada, you're pretty good about mental health. I guess treating. You know, yeah. people that need it. So, you know, I mean, she did get four years in a facility, which is good. Uh, yeah. Probably needed. But, you know, we need to talk about your laws, honey. We need to discuss. Yeah, that's crazy. That's um, say. So, yeah, I think that's that's a good way to describe this case it is crazy. Uh, so on that note, we're going to say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I really appreciate it. If you liked what you heard, leave us a review on iTunes or share on Spotify and such. That would be very, very great. Um, again, check out the merch store for a lot of cool stuff, a lot of cute stuff, you know, just just some really fun stuff. Um, the link is going to be in the description. If you want to support, you know, the show directly, check out the Patreon like I said, I update there regularly, going more in depth, all that sort of stuff. It's a lot of fun over there. And also follow the Twitter, you know, for yeah. constant updates about everything, clues for the next episode, you know, all that sort of fun stuff. So again, thank you, Greg, for being our guest on thank this interesting me. show yeah. episode. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you in the next one. Goodbye.